It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein, the senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley. And I am so excited that you are tuning in here today because I have with me in the studio Mike Mallinger. So good to have you back, my friend. It's great to be back again, John. Well, we are talking about a a very serious series of topics today. And so this is why it's so vital for you to tune in on a regular basis because here at Engage in Truth, we like to cover the hard subjects, especially in our roundtable format. Mike and I have been really uh, just laboring over how to present this to you because it really is time that we address these issues. And I'm talking about the issues right here in the state of Colorado and nationally as we examine a number of pressing issues that we're probably hearing bits and pieces of. You, you probably have seen a, a few bits on social media, or, or maybe you've picked up an article or two, uh, but you, you're not getting the bigger picture here. So we want to cover some of these issues, and not just to talk about it, but really to give you some pointers of what you can do to help resolve some of these issues, to make a voice known that, that this is a concern for you, that there is something you can do. And so we're going to be covering this over the next couple of weeks, especially if we have a, some special guests in the studio addressing some of these things with us, even representatives from Congressman Lamborn's office uh, to address these particular issues. So let me just first start off with uh, something you're probably very familiar with, a tragedy that took place on May 7th of 2019. Not very long ago, we had a yet another tragedy here in Colorado of a school shooting. And it took place at STEM, which is the STEM school, S-T-E-M school there in Highlands Ranch. They have about 1,850 students. And it's located just eight miles southeast of Columbine High School, which was the site of another major unfortunate mass shooting on April 20th of 1999, in which two gunmen had murdered some 12 students and a teacher before killing themselves. But this particular shooting that took place here in Highlands Ranch, the, the young people that did this, they, they broke several laws. They, they already had possession of firearms while underage. They brought weapons to school. Then they shot people. All acts that broke the laws and, and our natural propensity in a situation like this is to create yet more laws. So we want to talk about this. Is law, is making more law, is writing more bills, are limiting our amendment rights, is this really the answer? And I believe that what you're going to hear from us today and probably as we go through this conversation when we interview a number of guests as well, is that more laws do not bring morality. There are more than 200 laws and 3,000 regulations passed each year federally. There have been over 90,000 regulations, 4,300 laws passed since 1995. There are so many laws federally and in each state you would be hard-pressed to find a total number of all the laws that are in these United States. In fact, I have searched high and low, and I get a number of answers on that. And most just say it's almost impossible to tell because there are so many laws. There are more laws and regulations each year than God established in the entire Torah of the Bible. And there's 613 ordinances there in the Bible. So we could, we almost have that just from last year's laws passed alone, let alone the state laws. There are already 20,000 laws 
that govern the use and ownership of guns. So new laws only mean new crimes. And from the start of 2000 through 2007, Congress had created at least 452 new laws, specifically over gun control. That meant 452 new crimes that could be committed. And and at that time, the total number of federal crimes exceeded 4,450. And that's just on the federal level. That's not even state. If we look at the IRS code alone, and this code that was first put together in 1874, it contains 3.4 million words. And if printed 60 lines to a page, it's more than 7,500 pages long. And so despite all of these efforts to legislate away sin, we still have 1.2 million violent crimes reported nationwide every year. And this includes 136,000 rapes and 7.7 million property crimes. Again, you cannot legislate away sin. And when we look at some of the cities, for example, like Chicago and Houston, and you get a similar population ratings and, and demographics and so forth, you see a staggering alternative. One city, Chicago, that has banned guns, and then you have Houston that it still sells firearms, and yet the narrative speaks for itself. The, the violent c- crime rate, the homicide rate is far less in Houston. And yet we continue to hear this narrative that more gun restriction is going to e- equal a better system, a, a better utopia of life for all of humanity. And then what happened there at the STEM school shooting event, this vigil that took place thereafter we see a protest from the students. Here they were, hundreds had gathered for a vigil, students, teachers, activists, elected officials to honor Kendrick Castillo, the 18-year-old who was fatally shot, who who was a, a hero that we call him today, and rightfully so. At this vigil, Senator Michael Bennett and Representative Jason Crow come, and they speak, and they use it as what was called a political stunt, again, to make a statement about gun control. And here's what one of the students had said. They said, what happened at STEM is awful, but it's not a statistic. We can't be used for a reason for gun control. We are people, not a statement. And another teenager then went on record to say, I thought this was about us, not about politics. That's right, John. And, you know, to go along with more gun laws this year with our new uh, governor and new House and Senate in Colorado, they they forced through this law called the Red Flag Law. Mm-hmm. Governor Jared Polis signed it into law April 10th of this year. Now, peop- it was sold as a mental health bill. Mm-hmm. This bill has nothing to do with mental health. Mm-hmm. But a family member, a household member, the police can just say, John is dangerous and he has guns and they can go get this called an ERPO, an mm. extreme risk protection order and take your guns. Mm. If you're a concealed carry permit person, they take your concealed carry permit, all your guns. And you only have in the first 182 days, you only have one time to try to get your guns back. Mm. Now the proof Still lies on the the petitioner of the whole thing. But Hmm. still, you can lose your guns for a year, a year, and they can take everything that you have as far as weapons away from you. Right, and then tie it up in the courts so long that you may never get them back. You may never get them back. All from an accusation. All from an accusation. No evidence at all. No accusation, no medical professional, nothing. 
It's just on the word of a family member, you know, and hmm. how often is it going to a divorce situation, uh, right. whatever happens, family squabbles. And, you know, they happen all the time. Now I can just call up the police and say, Uncle Bob's got a bunch of guns and he's dangerous. Right. And yeah, just so in the word of it, without any substantiated proof, just right. simply making an accusation, whether it's mm -hmm. retaliatory, uh, vengefulness in the, in the mindset of the individual making this call, uh, there's nothing now you're guilty, uh, by, by perception, Correct. you're guilty in the eye of the public and, and that's enough. Um, and I think that's the concern here is that, you know, instead of the burden of proof falling on those who are making the accusation, exactly. now the burden of proof comes from the one who's the right. possessor of firearms that now suddenly I'm a bad guy and I have to prove that I'm not without even the due process. Right. I'm automatically guilty because yeah. somebody said, I have guns and I'm dangerous. There's no yeah. due process in this whole, yeah. in the whole thing. Yeah. I and mean, I, I think that this speaks of a, another yeah. agenda that's really at work here. Yes. And, and we're not trying to, to perpetuate any type of conspiracy theories. What we're, what we're looking at is the fact of over time, as you examine history, you see how this situation plays out time and time again in which we see an attack here deliberately on the Bill of Rights, specifically the First and Second Amendment. It doesn't seem to really be about protecting children, but about using the tragedy of what took place there at STEM school, the Highlands Ranch, uh, to, to propagate this perceived utopia of big government that creates the perfect socialized civilization where larger bureaucracy is idolized over democracy and the republic upon which this nation thrives. If you look to Venezuela, you can see another failed socialist system that within seven years, their entire economy, their entire structure has changed. Guns had to go. That was one of the first agendas, remove the guns, and now they are a system in chaos. This really isn't just about firearms. This, this is really about the Bill of Rights. This is a, mm -hmm. really about keeping the government accountable to what we know to be true is a, is a platform that has enabled this republic to thrive as long as it has. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, if socialist countries have failed time and time again. So what makes anybody think we can do it any different? Because the bottom line is you run out of taxpayers because mm -hmm. there's no ambition to work. I mean, I get the same thing as you do, so why should I even go to work? Right, right. Yeah, with the basic Just send human. me my money and, and <laughs> I'll be okay. Right. I mean, it goes against everything that we know to be mm -hmm. true of the basic human instinct, yeah. uh, that you're totally squelching that and saying that big government is the solution. You know, there's a great quote on this from President Calvin Coolidge. I dug this up. It, it, May 15th, 1926, uh, Bill Federer and his team do a great job over there researching mm -hmm. this. And uh, he was speaking at the College of William and Mary, and he says this, but there is another recent development, the greatly disproportionate influence of artificial propaganda paid agitators paid agitators <laughs> selfish interests all impinge upon members of legislative bodies to force them to represent special interests and special elements rather than the great body of their constituency and when they are successful Minority rule is established. The result is an extravagance on the part of the government, which is ruinous to the people and a multiplicity of regulations and restrictions for the conduct of all kinds of necessary business, which becomes a little less than oppressive. 
No plan of centralization has ever been adopted which did not result in bureaucracy, tyranny, inflexibility, reaction, and decline. Of all forms of government, those administered by bureaus are about the least satisfactory to an enlightened and progressive people. Being irresponsible, they become autocratic unless bureaucracy is constantly resisted. It breaks down representative government and overwhelms the democracy. He then goes on to quote that the, the, the strength of this nation is in the fact that it is a government that rests upon religion. And then he says, it is from that source that we derive our reverence for truth and justice, for equality and liberty, and for the rights of mankind. And unless the people believe in these principles, they cannot believe in our government. That's right, John. And now, and now there's an article in the World News Daily, WND.com, mm. and it's called Democrats Preparing Ultimatum for People of Faith. Mm. Now, this is called the Equality Act. Sounds nice and fluffy, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it it's nice and fluffy, but the American, the Alliance Defending Freedom, a powerhouse civil and religious rights advocacy group, has said it's essentially, it gives people of faith an ultimatum. Change your faith-based practices or face government punishment. Oh, wow. And you know, uh, this seems to come back to that effort to silence yeah. the, the people and really to silence the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you think about what happened in Houston in 2014, yes. it was a, a 2014, late that year, I think it was like October, in Houston, Texas, five local conservative pastors were being forced to turn over their sermons about a controversial new city ordinance that banned discrimination against LGBTQ people. So they subpoenaed them and demanded to see all the preaching related to homosexuality and gender identity. I think that we're about to end up in a very similar position here. And and it really comes back to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, that as this effort to go after our First and Second Amendment rights that we're going to see a consistent press like perhaps we have never seen before. And I, I think they covered that quite well in that WND article. Yeah. It, I mean, even uh, Dr. James Dobson, he made a quote. He says, he warned, make no mistake, the so-called Equality Act is nothing but a thinly veiled attempt to finish off religious liberty in America once and for all, which ought to be plainly obvious based upon uh, a courtesy reading of the First Amendment. Now, our country, one of our founding fabrics of our country is religious freedom. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't matter what we believe in, but yeah. we have the freedom of religion. But now they want to take it away. They want to govern what you say in church on Sunday, what you right. believe, what you're telling people yeah. based on sex a lot of it has to do with the sex and uh, gender-based politics right now. Right. Yeah. And this Equality Act is uh, very serious, as you indicated. I, I mean, this is not just one of those things where we go, hey, there's a, here's another issue that we can get upset about and, and, and really vent to our friends on Facebook about. This, this is really going to require the Christian community to let their voice be heard. I don't think that they, many are even aware of, of what this really entails. It, it's a sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm-hmm. So when you hear this acronym, S-O-G-I, this is an equivalent of the Civil Rights Act. They want to add this to the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and to many other federal non-discrimination laws. So now this is going to become 
a, a, an identity that you're just similar to what we saw with the Civil Rights Act. This bill also redefined sex in those federal laws so that it no longer means the biological reality of being male or female. Instead, sex would include subjective categories such as sex stereotypes, sexual orientation, and mm-hmm. gender gender identity. And it brings the full force of the federal government against those who believe the scientific truth that humans come in two types, male and female, and the bill labels Christian beliefs specifically about marriage, sexuality, and family discriminatory acts. It, it, it labels it all as as now uh, something to be uh, reinterpreted, redefined. It empowers the federal government to punish citizens who disagree with the modern SOGI ideology. So it's it's very specific that this goes against anything that was highlighted in the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. This is an aggressive attempt to redefine what we knew, what we believed were safeguards that were put mm-hmm. in place for religious organizations and institutions. Now, private facilities, dressing rooms, showers, and restrooms would be open to those who believe they are the, of the opposite sex. Uh, school children will be introduced to transgender ideology and concepts such as sexual orientation as early as preschool. And biological males will be permitted to compete against women in school, amateur, and professional sports. Faith-based charities who work with federal agencies such as adoption agencies or homeless shelters would be forced to violate their religious beliefs, and medical professionals and institutions would be forced to provide drugs, hormones, and surgery to those suffering from gender dysphoria against their scientific, medical, and conscious-based objections. So this is just the scratch in the surface. Oh, I know, and it's crazy because when I think about it, you know, because... One time I was a teenage boy with hormones raging. I can't imagine somebody saying, hey, it's okay to go into the girl's bathroom now as long as you say, hey, man, I think I'm a girl. It's like a dream come true at that point. I'm serious. Just like how much do we put up with? How much do we let our daughters or our sons uh, have to be subject to this kind of danger? And and we're going to see more because – the message forces us to work against our beliefs. Uh, a Dr. J- Nicholas Merriweather was punished by Shawnee State for declining to refer to one of his male students as a female pronoun. Hmm. He used the person's name in order to, you know, for respect plus protect his own beliefs. Hmm. He was punished for that, and we'll see more of that. Absolutely, right. And we'll see women violated in restrooms and stuff. That's right. I mean, the the areas that we once thought were safe are no Mm -hmm. longer going to be safe. And it's all for a greater agenda. Yes. And and, and again, we're just scratching the surface here of what's happening here in Colorado. Like Mm -hmm. what just happened on May 9th of 2019 with another, uh, I guess, all of the efforts here. Mike, I don't even know how to describe this really in in ways without getting upset about this because – I think about somebody like you who has been a first responder for so many years working diligently to help the public to get drugs off the street, to protect homes, uh, to protect life. And now we've again decriminalized additional uses of drugs as some sort of recreational 
uh, just enjoyment for those who, uh, you know, really have no controls or understanding of what they're getting into. That's going to lead to more debauchery, more brokenness, perhaps more unexpected pregnancies. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's getting out of control. It It seems like from this. It is because, and now there's a a new law that's in the Senate right now. It, It came out of the Senate Judiciary Committee that takes uh, Schedule 1 and 2 narcotics like heroin and ecstasy and cocaine hmm. and decriminalizes it down to a Level 1 misdemeanor. Wow. So it takes it from a six-month to two-year prison sentence and mandatory probation to up to 180 days in jail and two years, up to two years of probation. So it, it's like a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And, and that's where we saw this decriminalization of hallucinogenic drugs. Yes. Right, what people oh, saw yeah. in the article. I did. That, Again, the it, magic it, mushrooms. It, it's, yeah. I mean. It, and this just compounds the issue that we already have with medical marijuana and now recreational marijuana. The Colorado youth, the use rate continues to be number <laughs> one in the nation for our youth. And the number of Colorado drivers involved in fatal crashes who tested positive for marijuana use jumped 145% from 47, only 47 instances in 2013, to 115 in 2016, and it increases ever more. In Pueblo, they're seeing nearly half the babies are testing positive for marijuana in their systems. The statistics are outrageous of what we're seeing. And that's going to come across, come across the screen right here in front of me. And yet now we're adding more right. drugs to the equation. Yeah, we're adding more drugs to the equation. And, you know, both you and I, I I've seen it from the first responder side. And you being a pastor, you mm. know that, that drug abuse, alcohol abuse is devastating. It's devastating to families. It's yes. devastating to the fabric of the family makeup. It's, you know, it's devastating to the wife or the husband, the kids. The kids are always the number one that are hurt in this whole thing. Absolutely. And and it continues to just drive our society down. And if we're not going to be outspoken on these issues, it'll continue to digress. And we're going to kick the can down the road for our children to inherit an absolute mess. And we know that when we throw our our fist in the face of God, there Mm -hmm. will be consequences. Romans chapter 1 is quite clear on this. And another issue that we're seeing here in Colorado is addressing the fact that we do have an openly homosexual governor who is now pressing through, just pushing it right through. The Senate has already passed it here in Colorado, but the changes to to sex ed uh, material and curriculum here in Colorado, they're now adding even more very explicit LGBTQ materials to this this curriculum. And, And I know that this has been a burden on your heart as well from what we saw on May 2nd, 2019, as the Senate here in Colorado just pushed that right through. Oh, they just shoved it right through, and now... Now, I mean, from what, from kindergarten all the way through high school, they are going to have to start teaching the LGBT curriculum, mm-hmm. the sex ed yep. in schools. And personally, I don't know that my kindergartner is ready to hear that kind of stuff, right. nor is my teenager. Right. I mean, that's up to parents to shape their children, not the government. That's right. Not the school system. Not the school system to try to push somebody that's already confused into something that's not true. That's right. And and I know that this particular bill uh, now will be law here in Colorado is to expose children to this radical social agenda that now means it's called culturally sensitive material that is sensitive to the various perspectives on sex that that now includes LGBT individuals 
and other groups, and now our children are going, are going to be exposed to that as well. That, that's part of this major yes. overhaul of this curriculum. Is, and part of this major overhaul, can I can parents opt out of these classes? Mm-hmm. Can they opt their kids out of? They have do they have the uh, right right to power? take yeah. the power to say, "I don't want my kids learning that stuff," or have they put something in there that says, "No, everybody has to take it." Yeah, and, and as, as I understand it, that is part of this, that there, it would be s- such a increased amount of exposure that, that parents will find them, their children subject to this material at some point. Now, I know that these things evolve over time, uh, but what we are continuing to see here mm-hmm. is just a radical push yes. to redefine gender, to, to redefine uh, what is beca- what has been the normative, as we've understood, biological, uh, healthy sexual development in, in yeah. human beings. Now all of this is being changed. Now now it's uh-huh. it's about what you are what is your truth? Yeah, you know, it's all moral yeah. relativism. What do you think? What do you right. think you are? Well <laughs> I yeah. thought I was a man, but <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I'm not. But <laughs> I, that's that's ridiculous. Either you are or you're not. Right. And, and now we it's becoming just this uh, environment uh, of constantly redefining what the Bible has defined for years yeah. it is healthy behavior in a culture, healthy behavior in marriages, in homes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, b- just basic instructional principles that have stood the test of time. We are now in an era where all of this is being redefined right before our eyes. And I think the question that now comes from this is even just in the short 25 minutes we've had together, yeah. I, I think we've probably overwhelmed the listener where they just are crippled almost in inaction of going, I don't even know how to handle everything that we just right. talked about today. What can I do right. about it? What, what do you want me to do about this, John and Mike? I, I'm just, I'm burdened as you are. I'm yeah. sick of it and I don't want to take it anymore. And I would encourage you that over the next couple of weeks, especially as we talk about these issues, we're going to have a gentleman from Congressman Lamborn's office come and join us and talk about this, of what we as Christians can do. And I want to encourage you also that right now, as you are just contemplating what what really what power do I really have? Go to our website at calvaryfountain.com. Go to calvaryfountain.com, and then when you see there's a button there at the top, it's a, a navigation button, and it says audio and video. When you click on that, you'll see another drop-down that says radio and podcast. When you click there, you're going to find a whole list of our, of our governor's contact information, our lieutenant governor's contact information, phone, email addresses, as well as all of our state representatives, senators. It's all there. And your voice makes a difference. You have to pray on these issues, but you have to let your opinions be heard. Voice your concern. Let them hear. And if we can get the multitudes, if we can grab arm in arm in this and talk about these things, you also need to call your your, your congressional representatives in D.C. Let your voice be heard about the Equality Act. You can call and find out who your representative is at at area code 202-224-224. Three one two one. Again, it's two zero two 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 four three one two one. And if you miss that, go back and re-listen to this broadcast there at CalvaryFountain.com. And we want to encourage you to get involved, be a change agent in the culture. We desperately need Christians to rise up right. and let their voices be heard. You can't put your hands under on your seat on this one. You've got to get involved. And if you're overwhelmed by what we are talking about today, by all means, listen to this podcast as much as you can to take it all in. 
That's right. That's right. And and make your voice be heard. That's right. And so next week, tune in again, engage in truth. We're going to have a guest, Jeff Anderson, on the program with us talking about these issues and what we can do as a Christian community uh, to make a difference. And so I want to thank you for listening. Go to calvaryfountain.com to learn more. Join us for services at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley. Services are at 10 a.m. on Sunday. We'd love to see you there. God bless you.